Hey, what's up? What's up? It's your man Sam, host of Just Talk with Sam podcast. Just Talk with Sam podcast. Man, we got a great one for you guys today. Man, I am I am feeling pretty good about this one mainly because I've been trying to get this guy on the podcast for a while. I really love his style of comedy. I really love um, how we. Man, it's just a treat to have Mr. Louis Katz on the podcast. Louis Katz is. Um, I got a chance to chop it up with him for this um, podcast. However. Um, it was a great conversation, but he's going to be here in the Detroit area with his own show. It's called The Main Event with Louis Katz, and it's going to be November 21st at the Planet Ant Theater in Hamtramck, Michigan. So if you are in the metro Detroit area, you, you owe it to yourself to check this guy out. This guy is hilarious. I love his joke writing, and I've been a fan for a very very long time those who are not in the detroit area you want to catch him he's coming to a city near you um i know indianapolis is coming up i think he said something either way all those dates can be found at louiscats.com you can check him out on all various forms of social media which is twitter louiscats comedy louiscats on ig and facebook um, we have a great conversation. We talk a little bit about comedy, his career, and what you're seeing me do is not lose my shit and fan out for about, I don't know, however long that conversation was. So, it's a great podcast. You get a little backstory on um, some of his style and joke writing and why just plain thinks he's awesome. So please check him out on various forms of social media. If he's at a city near you, please check him out. Yeah, I mean, it's totally worth it. He's a great comedian. Um, now, that we, great comedian, great joke writer. Uh, before we jump into this podcast, um, we gotta pay some bills. So anyone who's listening, you know, your home for everything relating to the Just Talking with Sam podcast can be found at our website at samshownation.com. Yes, samshownation.com is your home for everything related to the Just Talking with Sam podcast. And on the homepage and current promotions page, there is a donate button. By hitting the donate button, you, yes, you can give to this podcast. I've been saying this since we started almost a decade ago. It's funny how time flies. This has always been a crowdsourced podcast. It's up to you to keep the free funny going. And we promise to put every single cent right back into this podcast to make it a bigger, better, greater podcast. You guys have done so, and we have not betrayed your trust. And we have had awesome guests and awesome events. And we were able to pay for server costs and pay for mics and everything that under the sun. You can do it right there. Go to samtronation.com, right there on the homepage of current promotion space. Hit the donate button. Give whatever makes you feel like a good person. And we put it right back into this podcast and make it awesome. But maybe you're one of those people who say like, hey, I, I want a receipt for what I'm doing. I want a little payback. I want a little quid pro quo. Not the illegal kind that somebody's into. But you know the kind that says like, I, I pay for a service and I got something back. You can go to samshownation.com and you can hit that store link. By hitting the store link... You can get all your Just Talk With Sam podcast swag. It's all right there. Whether that be t-shirts, whether that be hats, whether that be stickers. These are great stocking stuffers. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Christmas on its way. You can do it that way. You can say, hey, 
I really like this podcast. I rock with this podcast. Please get it from here. And you can wear it as you go through your daily life to show your love and support for the podcast. Speaking of the podcast, you can always go to samshownation.com. You get the podcast link. And by hitting the podcast link, you, yes, you can catch up on all of your favorite Just Talk With Sam podcasts right there on the page. Maybe it's your favorite podcast. Maybe you missed it. Maybe you want to binge. Maybe you just want to catch up on a few podcasts. It's all right there. You can do it right there and listen to the podcast. Or maybe you listen to podcasts differently. We're heard pretty much wherever podcasts can be heard. On Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and yes, Apple Podcasts. It's hard to not say iTunes because, you know. But now it's called Apple Podcasts. And all the people with Apple devices can go to Apple Podcasts and they can subscribe, rate, and review and it's all right there. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. They're like, hey, Sam gets some great guests. Five stars. Hey, Sam won't shut up when he get those great guests and let them talk. Five stars. It's all right there. We thank you guys for listening. Um, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It's the best way. Um, we, we love and support the podcast. Uh, one other way to people love and support our podcast is by going through our sponsors. We have a few this week. Um, our first sponsor come from good folks. You can go to samshownation.com, click the current promotions page, click the link to any sponsor you need. But this week, um, our podcast is being sponsored by the good folks at Target. Yes, that Target. Did you know Target, by going through samshownation.com, they got a bunch of featuring deals. And they know if we getting around that time, Black Friday is approaching. They're trying to give you a little help. If you go through samshownation.com, you click that Target link, they have featured great deals such as a free $10 gift card when you spend $50 on groceries. But, you know, you probably was going to do that because we're getting around that time. Thanksgiving is here. You're spending 10 you know, it's depending on how your Thanksgiving goes. If your Thanksgiving is like anything like our Thanksgiving, you're going to spend $50 on groceries. However, Black Friday deals are right around the corner and Black Friday deals on TVs, you know, festive pajamas. I mean, we getting around that time where you got to take that one picture and send it out to everyone you love. You know those pajamas. Look. They start at about 11.99. And like I talked about Black Friday, they got sales on TVs, electronics and pretty much everything you're going to need from the Black Friday stuff. But when you do that, you get a free $30 gift card when you spend $200 or more and on top of that let's say you really shop you get a free $50 gift card if you spend over $3 on things like I don't know electronics nursery furniture whatever it's all right there in the details the only thing we ask you to do is go to samshownation.com you click that target link and go ahead and shop man it's some good weekly sales you can save on um tvs from everything from electronics to pajamas it's all right there so please my red card people check those out too because you can save five percent every day not nothing special but the thing we actually do is go to samshownation.com you go to current promotions page shop as you normally will at target let me tell you i have been using that target order online via samshownation.com i order my stuff right there like within minutes target say come pick it up i pick it up i walk out 
I'm not even in Target five minutes, man. It's awesome. So please go to samtronation.com to click the Target link. Shop as you normally would. Uh, the next sponsor is the good folks at NBAstore.com. Yes, the NBA season is up and running, and you want to support your teams. And the best way the NBA store wants you to support your teams is to go to samtronation.com. You click that link, and you can save up to 60% on select items. But on top of that, do you know you get 25% off on all orders? over $49 by using the hustle code promo at checkout yes hustle that type of hustle h-u-s-t-l-e hustle man some exclusions may apply go to samshownation.com you click that nba store.com link you can get everything that you need better hurry up this is a limited time this is a limited time offer you get what you need whether it be jerseys whether it be t-shirts whether you hooping for the holidays you getting some stuff for your holiday um shopping you can pay homage to the old school NBA Jam t-shirts. You know, hoops for the troops. There are special military-ish themed um, apparel for whatever team that you rock with. Maybe you like the, like me, the Pistons. Maybe you like the Wizards. Maybe you with Mellow, like them Blazers. Maybe you like the Lakers. Maybe you like them Warriors and so on and so forth whatever you can do that right there whatever teams know all the teams they offer in this order hurry up put in the promo code hustle save 25 percent off all orders over 49 dollars and you can hoop for the holidays go to samshownation.com you click the nba store link go ahead put hustle at checkout for 25 percent off orders over 49 dollars and lastly certainly not leastly the granddaddy of them all amazon.com yes amazon.com amazon has everything from a to z we talked about getting to jump on the holidays the best way i think you should do that and i'm pretty sure my guests will agree and will appreciate if you go to samshownation.com you click that amazon banner on the home page your current promotions page and you put in louis cats in the search bar you can catch out you can, excuse me you can check out a lot of his comedy it's all right there his latest album cat skills is right there you can check out his first comedy album if these balls could talk yes i love that title too catch out his appearance on comedy underground with david tell amongst many other things you can check out all of that stuff right there and really appreciate and i hope this makes you a fan of louis cats much like it made me a fan of louis cats so please go to samshownation.com you click the amazon banner put in louis cats in the search bar and get on all the goodness that is my guest this week what I'm, I'm about to do i'm about to reset these mics um jump into this podcast and i will see you guys in about 90 seconds This is just talking with Sam Podcast, y'all. Just talking with Sam Podcast. Just put your name on it. You don't talk about it. Be about it. I 
seriously. Obviously, if you all listen, we, we never write this out. Hey, what's up? I'm back. All right, look, I said 90 seconds. Normally, this is when we jump right into the podcast, the conversation I have with Louis Cassin. And it's coming. However, I'm currently driving to um, I'm currently driving to the interview with Louis Cass right now. On my drive there, I was listening to my guys from the Act Accordingly podcast with Bash and Z. I want to give a shout out to them. They've been so good to me. And I'm doing two things at once. I forgot one sponsor before I started off, and I didn't want to forget them. But after listening to my guys at the Act Accordingly podcast, and you can get those wherever podcasts can be heard. Act Accordingly podcast with Bash and Z. Our new sponsor is here because they reminded me. Um, listen to their latest episode. They go to our latest sponsor are, are pretty frequently actually Sam's Club now they do it like most people have been geared to do it go on a Saturday and you got to deal with the the people and sometimes the people can be a bit crazy because Sam's Club got good deals and when you get so many people under a good deal people people get a little excited but after listening to the Act Accordingly podcast, and I heard this story, I need to be a good dude. I got to read this. And when I when I was reading the promo, it says, give your own experience. If they don't mind, the good folks of Sam's Club, I'm going to use Bash and Z's experience at Sam's Club. Act Accordingly podcast, I don't have a lot of time. Please go to Act Accordingly podcast, check them out. And they can do this. They can save a lot of time because I feel as a good friend to them. I've been doing this for the better part of a year, and I'm I'm good. You know what I do? I go to samshownation.com and learn the current promotions page. I click the Sam's Club link. And when I click that Sam's Club link, all of the instant savings that my man Bash was talking about in the newsletter he got, it's all right there. And you, yes, you could go to samshownation.com, and you click the Sam's Club link. You could shop right there. And you know what they do? They have your stuff. You hold it. You go to Sam's Club. You flick your card and say, hey, I'm here to pick up my online order. They send you to a place and all your stuff is there. I did. I, I was in and out. I bought my coffee, my Reynolds wrap, and I, I'm getting ready for Thanksgiving. So I got some plates. And um, they had a deal on like tight, like um laundry detergent so I grabbed that in bulk oh and some um, Febreze air fresheners the um 
I like the uh, blue ones. Uh, what is they call like the island, uh, the fresh breeze, whatever. I got those, and that was out. I was not in there. I didn't deal with the uh, the very excited, crazy people. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't deal with all of that. So I, from here on out, bash Z. Please go to samshownation.com. Click the link at Sam's Club. You get the same deals, and you're in, out. You didn't bought your stuff. It's worth it. So that's how you kill two birds with one stone. I had to do the Sam's Club bad. I want to show love to my guys at the Act Accordingly podcast with Bash and Z. Please check out their podcast to hear the whole story of their adventures at Sam's Club. And um, here's what I'm about to do. I'm about to not crash my car. I'm about to park. I've been talking to my man Louis Katz. See, to me, it's gonna it's gonna seem like. Um, for me personally, it's gonna be like five or ten minutes. For you, it's gonna sound. I'm just gonna click a button. It's gonna be like instantaneous. So here we go. My conversation with Louis Katz. Here it is. Right into it, man. Yeah. All right, we started. All right, All right cool. Let's go. Yeah. No, no. I just uh, I got a. I just started a new podcast too, and I'm trying to. I just got a different like travel setup too, so mm-hmm. I'm trying to also figure out what the best way to do it is. So. Oh, I love gamer mics. The reason I love gamer mics is because just like if you're traveling. Uh huh. You're not at home. I mean, like, you don't have your... Like, my home rig is a little bit different than this. Uh-huh. And you don't know what's happening. You can't control sound. So, yeah. this was always a good way to use it because there's, like, this weird cone of silence of how we're talking. Yeah, yeah. All I got to do is just hit this button, and I can only hear here instead of everywhere around. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, that's true. Totally. Consider it. Yeah. I mean, that's a good way of doing it. Hey, look, smart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mainly because, you know, a lot of times I get a chance to talk to people... Maybe in the not so traditional settings, like right now, I'm talking to yeah. um, Louis Gaz, uh, yeah. Louis Gaz, man. This is pretty cool. Yeah, like here we are in a, in a, in, a, in a random lobby. Yeah, I know. <laughs> just, just like getting into it. Um, one of the one of the things I like that you start off with podcasts because you were known to like resent having a podcast. Oh yeah, having a podcast. Yeah, I had a podcast that was called the Louis Katz podcast about how and it was there was no theme and I was every intro I was like I hate that I have to do this fuck this. And uh some people liked it, some people were kind of put off by that. It was just being honest at the time. Um and I really took a break from it. And then what um I I just don't I started realizing that just because uh even if something's a little bit of work, yeah, it's work. So yeah. I have to do work. So that's fine. Um, but uh, uh, hold on, let me just. There we go. Um, mm-hmm. Is it okay? No, you're good. You, right. you sound great over I here. I just don't want to. I just don't want to mess with the microphone. Oh yeah. Um, uh, so, but then my friend um, Matt Fulcheron, another comedian, came up with this really. Cool charge. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. That yeah. man. Uh, he came up with this idea to do a, uh, uh, or actually Al Madrigal suggested to him that he do a travel podcast. He hit me up about it, and then we started doing that, and it just became. It gave it a little more direction, mm-hmm. and it, uh, and it's cool that I have a partner, so there's someone else to work with. So it solves a few of the things that were a problem. The other one, and I'm just kind of. Uh, you know, it's cool to have another project, and it's just a little bit. Um, we've set some things up that make it easier the workflow, so we get more done and stuff like that. It's called yeah. Roadheads, and it just came out a, a few weeks ago, and we're just excited that it's finally out because we've been we've been banking them for like a, over a year. Yeah. So we've been sitting on this project forever, so we're just excited that it's finally out and we're finally doing it. Yeah. One cool thing about that because um, I'm just having fistic segue. You're a well traveled guy. You know yeah. a thing or two about traveling. Um, you're always on the road. Yeah. Just that's just based on your profession, but before mm-hmm. then, um, 
Alright, I want to make sure I got this right. This is your life. Okay. Grew up in L.A. Yeah. Went to San Francisco. Yeah. For school. Yeah. The Bay Area, I should yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. For school. And then went to Brazil just because. Yeah, yeah. Well, as part of as part of the college thing, I went. I, I studied abroad in Brazil. I, I saw I, my junior year in Brazil, so I lived there for a year. You know, as a student, which is easier to live than as, mm-hmm. as you know. Um, Were as, you really studying, or was that just kind of like? I was, a, hey, it's actually all my my whole uh, GPA is better because of that year in Brazil. They gave me A pluses for every. <laughs> Okay, of course. I mean, look, man, I took classes in Portuguese. I wrote essays in Portuguese. That's not easy to do. You speak you know? Portuguese? Yeah, now I do. Yeah, oh, okay. because of that. I, I, you know, when I came there, I was one of the worst. Um, sorry, I was one of the worst uh, students on the on the. There we go. Mm-hmm. Hold on a second. Sorry. No, you're good. I'm all right. Uh, when I got there, I was one of the weakest Portuguese speakers, and by the end, I was one of the best. The key was to find a Brazilian girlfriend. That's how I did it. Uh, oh well, because that's hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in Brazil, and every, like I like, and I'm only talking about my little bitty baby toe dip, uh-huh. a- according to you. Uh-huh. I mean, in Brazil, or dude, everyone is just like, oh, she's hot. Oh, she's hot. Oh yeah, oh, these Brazilian hot. women are incredibly, incredibly beautiful. They're like some of the, I'd say there and Latvia have the hottest women I've ever Latvia, seen. Is it Latvia? Uh, no. I've, yeah, Latvia. La- 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 yeah. Like, like Latvia, Latvia. Like yeah. In European. Yeah, yeah. Well, Eastern Europe. On that one, I did. I Man, never heard anyone say. All that. right, so Eastern European women, they got this thing where they got, they're just like, they're like, they got like, they have really full lips and these like mm-hmm. blue eyes that are like. Like crystal blue, like really, like I mean, it's go- they're gorgeous, man. They're crazy hot. But that's the thing. My experience now. This is just my experience. Like Eastern European women have this checked out. It's like they're looking <laughs> past you. Well, it's- maybe they didn't give up. I mean, yeah, I don't. I didn't. I didn't. I never hooked up with anyone when I was there because I was only there for like one night. I think I did one night in Riga, which is a college town out there. So I was only there for a night. And uh, and that kept me from meeting anybody or whatever, or at least it did that time. So, you know, I don't know how, if I would actually score if I was there, but uh, they were definitely beautiful. I'm not knocking it. It's just like they look like pristine model type, but like just having a casual conversation, it was just like you're not the thing. It was just like just maybe it's just they're so spaced out. I don't know. I, I, don't, I, don't I haven't know. experienced Maybe that. it was a bad night. Yeah, it sounds like you had a bad night. But, you know, there's there's definitely a thing where like Latin – Latin people are general. This is a stereotype, but are generally warmer than Europeans. Mm-hmm. That's just a fact. So, yeah, uh, a fact that is a stereotype. I don't know, but, but like it, generalization. It how about that? From, there yeah, you go. yeah, it yeah. had to come from somewhere. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, but one of the things uh, right after. Um, now I want to make sure I got the timeline right. Mm-hmm. Right after you graduated, right? Mm-hmm. And if that's bothering you, you can always turn it off. No, no, I'm just I, trying to get it so it's not like banging against my. The mic isn't banging on my face. That's oh, all. Okay. It is, so all right, you're good. Yeah. Um, but. The timeline is after school, you uh-huh. went back to L.A., and you um, became a writer. No, no, no. So what happened okay, okay. was uh, I, uh, right before, uh, right, right, my I, so I studied in Brazil, and I came back at one more semester of school. The last month of school, I did an open mic a week for that, for, that, for that whole month. Then I took another trip just to celebrate graduating college. I went to India. I went to Thailand. And then I you had came. You pray love? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was more like, uh, for my friend, it was more like a eat, get explosive diarrhea, oh, okay. and find no love. Well, you went to, uh, you yeah, went to India. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't what it was. But uh, um, And then I came back to the Bay Area. Actually, what happened was um, I was on a flight 
I was I was so I wasn't sure what to do. I ended up on a f- on a flight back to Oakland with Mark Curry from Hanging with Mr. Yeah, Cooper, yeah. Uh, like a, a like a famous legendary Oakland comedian. And I saw him there, and I was like, "Hey, so what do you think I should do? Should I stay in the Bay or should I move to LA?" He's like, "Stay in the Bay." I'm like, "All right, I'm doing it." And that was that. And then I decided to stay in the Bay Area uh, until I was literally hang with Mr. Cooper. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was, I was hang with him. Yeah, yeah. For a minute, he was pretty slick, man. He was real cool, and he was very friendly. And uh, um, I remember he like met some. He was chatting some girl up on on the plane, ended up giving her a ride home. It was very impressive. Oh, that's good. And then yeah, and then uh, and then so yeah, I just decided to like stay in the bay and kind of uh, learn my craft there, which was I think one of the best decisions I uh, I, I made. You know, really. But yeah, during that time, it was a lot of great Bay Bay Area comics. That's I, right. I, and off the top of my head, I can think of obviously the greats like Margaret Cho. Uh, she before the, my time. W. W. Kamal Bell. He was a little before my time, but he was still there. And he, yeah, I, Kamal was Kamal was definitely around then. Arch Barker. He was around. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to think. Come on, let me give you one more. So those are like older generations than me. Mm-hmm. Margaret Cho was never around, but Arge and Kamal. I'm, I'm, I, you know, I, Kamal. I haven't seen it well, but I used to be. Uh, uh, close friends with him and Arj is like uh, I'm, I'm, you know unfortunately he's big in Australia he lives in Australia so I don't get to see him but man I, I love that dude and you know we're, mm-hmm. we're also very tight so yeah those both those guys were like um, I mean when I was there like I mean Arj wasn't even living there then he would just come back to town and be like oh shit oh, Arj okay, yeah. in town so my generation is more like um, Kamau was still there but he was a little bit older than me so it was like me Guy Branham uh, Moshe Kasher Jasper Red Chris Tinkle Ryan Stout uh, Kevin Kamia, um, Shane Wang, uh, who else? You know, I f- you forget, and this is me, I forget Moshe's from um, the Bay Area. I, oh, he's, he's more synonymous with, with, like, what? New York, like, when no, he went Moshe's, to New York. Moshe's not a no, New York guy at all. He's but, spending I mean, time L.A., LA yeah, yeah. getting that, where I guess there's, like, a divide. And growing up in the Midwest, there's, mm-hmm. there's either this. You're either from here. Uh-huh. Here being the entire Midwest, <laughs> we lumped all all in uh-huh. the South, uh-huh. which is once again lumped in whatever sure, states, sure. and then New York and LA. That's see, that's crazy to me because what what blew my mind coming to mid- the Midwest for the first time was how different it is, how many different regions there are. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's called the Midwest, but like I mean, could Iowa be any more different from like? Uh, Indiana, or like you know, there's parts of the Midwest that are like almost southern, and there's right. parts of like the Midwest that are like very urban, and mm-hmm. then there's part of parts of the Midwest that are like straight up like cornfields. And yep. This is all one region. It's like yeah, to and me that's it's how, not different, that, but that's how it gets treated. Like I know that for living here, and you know that obviously because yeah. you've been around and see. But like in the generalization, since we're using that mm-hmm. word, we get lumped in in such a thing. Like the only place that stands out, and I'm using air quotes. Mm. Is Chicago? Yeah, maybe uh, Madison, Madison, Wisconsin. What do you mean stands out? Where they've made such a big voice. Yeah, they, the have their own they, they have their own inner inner world within the Midwest. general Midwest world. You guys lumped. I'm not saying you personally. Yeah, but what is what is like um what is um what's uh what's a city in Iowa? De- De- what? Des Moines. Des Moines. Des Moines. What does Des Moines have in common with Detroit? Like not two two letters. Very, I mean, that's about it. You know what little. I mean? Like yeah. three letters. So like that's what I'm saying. Like to to say that those two are in the same region is almost like it's kind of mind blowing. You know? I always thought it was just plain laziness. Because if yeah. we can't just put you in this thing, we can't just say you're this, you're that, you're this. Mm-hmm. All right, whatever. 
<laughs> you know, like change my mind. Oh yeah, yeah. just the, just it's just the middle, whatever. Yeah, but it's just there's such different characters stuff like that. Even the South is more almost in a way more homogenous than uh mm-hmm. than than the Midwest is. I think. I mean, Texas is its own thing, and sure, Louisiana is different. But there's like similarities in the South, at least more than uh more than I think there's a lot of commonalities there. Whereas in the Midwest, it's like it's the range is like incredible. Mm-hmm. How different everything can be. Now, but one thing I do like, regardless of wherever you are, mm-hmm. um, funny's funny. Yes. That's just that's just the general, I guess, evening playing field of anything. Okay, if you, you could be funny if you're funny in Detroit. Mm-hmm. You're funny somewhere else. Now, okay. different. We live in a world where that in itself is being questioned like with PC police and people get offended about pretty much anything okay. but the great playing field is funny is funny okay. and one thing about I like about you and like your writing mm-hmm. it's it's highbrow dirty comedy yes that's that's basically how I describe it yeah that's 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 what I really like yeah. that's what that's what I enjoy that's the style I like and that's what I try and do so it's, yeah it's street jokes at a cocktail party. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. That's 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 well put. That's nice. Yeah, like that. that, that's like on that. top of my head. You yeah, man, that. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's what I that's kind of what I dig and what I strive for. And I'm always pushing, trying to like grow and go in new ways stylistically. But at the core, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to, you know, I always I try and make it. I like smarter stuff because it's interesting to me. But I also. There's a Chris Rock quote from who knows where a million years ago where he's like, if your joke is so smart that no one gets it, how smart is it? You know, if no one's mm-hmm. laughing, how smart is it? So I like, I, I like the balance. And to me also that contrast of doing like a highbrow pussy joke is just funny to me. It, you know what I mean? Yeah, but it, it, one of the cool things I, I do like about it because like I was – like anyone who wiki wikis you or mm-hmm. Googles you, mm-hmm. you know you were a writer and then you were a comic writer and then you just like right, I'm done with writing and we're just going to put that over here for right now but that same writing skill you're crafting in your jokes Thanks. and one of the things I like and it made me a fan of you there's no wasted words it's like a rhythm yeah yeah I try and uh, you know it's it's uh, it's weird how well I mean two things with, with that it's like I really try and keep it tight you know I'm actually here this weekend working with David Tell and he's the he's like the model of that just economy there of you words go. but economy of words I think in general is like is really good for all kinds of writing I, I find it like uh, I, it's hard for me to watch all these comedians with all this fat on the joke for a while I thought it was just a personal preference that I like a tighter joke and now I feel like there's actually a little bit of entitlement to someone making me watch their set that has all this fat on it like mm-hmm. I, really I'm just supposed to listen to you talk without being funny why would I I'm, this isn't a speech I don't care about just you and your life it's like make a, me laugh the whole point is to make me laugh so make me fucking laugh already but, but that's why I, um, I kind of like touched on it a little bit and there should be a separate I guess category where it's called uh, I, I forget and I want to give credit to who came up with this Clapter oh yeah sure 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 where there's you're only doing this for the applause of yeah. saying the thing that's positive but I didn't laugh once yeah and, and there, there's many people who do that yeah and I've heard basically another thing about a Clapter um, well, people clap they decide to clap people laugh it's involuntary exactly. so like I, I, I appreciate that yeah and I, I, I don't I don't try and be like that, but I do like. I, I feel it's easier to say a joke over and over again to me if I'm if I'm making a point, even if it's a dumb point, even if it's just my opinion. It is not a, like if it's opinion about. I've 
I make I have one where I'm arguing that I think ass is more important than tits, or one where I think I agree. I don't like cake. Thank you. <laughs> and and so even those they're they're you know it's a silly point, but it's still a point. And some of the jokes make more serious points, but like every funny over everything is what I would say is, mm-hmm. is my thing. You know, and 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 that's the first thing, and everything else is second. Now that being said, like I'm noticing lately that like because I'm just trying to keep everything so tight. Um, Maybe people are missing the point. I think the jokes say are 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 if if you pay attention, the jokes are making saying something underneath the funny. But maybe people are missing it, and I have to be more explicit with what I'm trying to say because I'm no, not sure. I don't think there's a problem. I think I know you're not supposed to blame the audience, but <laughs> I, I I think there are people who come in there with an agenda, mm-hmm. um, and they want to hear things. Um, and I'm and I'm doing this from the crowd. This is my observation as a guy in the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, You're a comedian too. Right? I am not. Oh, okay. I right. am the furthest thing. Okay. I am whatever this is. Uh-huh. This is as far as okay. I, I've done some open mics. I've done some stuff like that. Okay. I have a tight five. I just okay. have like a tight five in my back <laughs> at all, in my back pocket at all times. Okay. But I am by no means a comedian, but I respect it. It's sort of like um, God. This is a juvenile example. It's like Highlander. There can be I'm, only one? <laughs> no, no. I'm the watchers. Our whole thing is, we watch, but we don't interfere. <laughs> I love that. We I, dude, I, actually, I respect that because so many people are comedians these days, and not everyone can be a comedian, and it's really, uh, oh, I know. it's crowded the field in a way that's, uh, I think, detrimental to it in general. I am a podcaster. Oh, My great. whole thing is, <laughs> I like a thing, uh-huh. we flip over these mics, uh-huh. we talk about that thing, and it was like, I can continue to like this thing. And because I like this thing, I have opinions on it. I am critical about this thing. Uh-huh. But in no way am I trying to jump on and That's have great. my own. And also, you know what? You can, you'll, st- you'll continue to like the thing instead of like. Exactly. It burns you out to like. Uh, Attempt a career in something you love because it's a struggle and it's and it and it can it kind of ruin it for you. Yeah, it just, it just man, I like a lot of comedians don't watch stand up after a while, and I was one of the holdouts. I was like, I still love to watch, I still love to watch it, and then there was a few. I just got burnt, man. I I, I really can't I can't watch a, a lot. Well, and that goes um, back to this. Like, I am a podcaster. Mm-hmm. I am a I've been unofficially podcasting all my life. <laughs> Someone just had the good sense to put a mic in front of me. <laughs> I am a first ballot Hall of Fame shit talker. I know the day after my funeral, all right, hang his hat up in the rafters, hang his mic up. We will never find a person who talks shit. As, wait, he had a kid? Never mind. <laughs> that's about it. But that's that's my whole thing. I can be funny in normal conversation. Mm-hmm. Much like what we're having right now. Mm-hmm. Put me on stage. There's a little bit. And I know my whole thing. They're like, oh, I got to make you funny. And whatever that pressure is in my head mm-hmm. is like, oh, okay, pressure's on. No, because I it's self-inflicted pressure because I got on stage. Yeah, Like how we're just sitting at this table bullshitting. Just, sure. that's, that's what I'm good at. That's my lane. And now it. there's a medium for this. Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah you say like... Ah, that's that's cool. Yeah, you're saying like this is what you're good at. This you is what I'm good. This that makes this sense. This would be, I'm. I mean, like I respect what you guys do. It's just like I I'm smart enough for myself. That's not for me. It's it's hard to, for me to understand. Also, I mean, the, you and we talked about talking about my old podcast. The other thing is that I don't listen to that many podcasts for, so it's hard for me to understand what it is, what the appeal is. To be honest, and it's just a different. It's just such a different um, medium for me. Like you were saying, it's like yeah. attitude to. to understand that it is a different medium sometimes it's like it's just difficult for me to shift and understand what it should be like or, or how it should go well that's the cool thing about this um 
podcasting is the only medium that welcomes competition mm-hmm. because there will never be another one like you. Meaning, hold on, yeah, wait, yeah. There's, there's only one Louis Katz that I know of <laughs> right now, unless you tell me something different right now. <laughs> so everything you're going on is Louis Katz's point of view. Yeah, yeah, that's Now, true. you may have similar point of views. You may have agreeing, disagreeing, whatever, uh-huh. but that's you. So you get a chance to take the people who see you on a Friday, Saturday night, cut that segment to the people who, uh, I want to hear them on a Monday morning. Yeah. Or I want to hear him wherever, whenever they listen to their podcast. And that is it. And I guess it's, I just, I just, uh, because, uh. That's all it is. It just, I guess what I'm just saying is that, like, the, uh, the, you know, the stand up, I try and make it punchline, 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 mm-hmm. punchline. And when I'm talking, I'd prefer to just talk. I don't, I don't want to. That's, I, that's I, what's know. so good about it. All right. So that's fine. Because, okay. All right. Good. Because one, <laughs> one may feed the other. Okay. I hope so. Because, like, your jokes may come from a story you told. Yeah. Or vice vice versa, the story you told is from a joke that you use because it's derived from a real thing. That's true. So so they feed into each other. It's two very different lines. Cool. Well, yeah, I guess I guess that's 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 cool way to look at it. Yeah. But one one thing I do, I always want to ask. Uh We know you're a writer. Uh, We talked about W. Kamal Bell for a while. Uh You you were a writer on a show. Yeah. Actually, it's one of my favorite bits when you talked about um, Hanukkah and how you. The best way to celebrate Hanukkah is to not celebrate Celebrate Hanukkah. Yeah. Like I'm totally not doing it justice. Please Google it. I. I may tack it on this podcast. No, you know, you reminded me that I actually have I have the clips somewhere, and I might I'll probably post it around the holiday time. I, I thanks for reminding me of that I have I have it on yeah. a hard drive, so I really got to put that up. Now, one thing I do like, um, I say I'm, I'm an Orthodox non-observant hey, Jew. There we go. That's I that. I do shit. That's that's the line. Yeah, yeah. So one thing I do, I, I always love to ask writers um, because um, the story is not hard. You left from L.A. To go to New York, to more focus on stand up, and the writing thing wasn't exactly happening. Well, so you mentioned that earlier, and your, your timeline's a little off, actually. Like, so okay. I've, I, I wasn't a write. I didn't have like I've written on things like um, I've ghost written for people. I've okay. worked on like pilots that didn't go through, but I was really mostly. I've, I'm still in my career. It's been mostly, mostly stand up. Okay. I, I was only. I even my first official writing job was on um, Totally Biased with W. Kamau Bell, mm-hmm. and that wasn't until like. I, w- I wasn't even on that show till the till the second season, so that's like I think it's like 2013, 12 or thirteen. Those are the FX days. Yeah, that's FX, before X, yeah, yeah. the FXX. Before they changed, yeah, exactly. The XX. I was on okay. the double XX. Now on my bio, it will just say one X because I think it sounds better. But it was on FXX. <laughs> okay, the because there was a weird time. I think it was over the winter or something where they changed and they. Well, basically, basically, what happened with the show was a weekly show on FX, and then, and then they it wanted like to make it a, days, a daily show mm-hmm. on FXX. And uh, and I think that was really, I mean, among other, there were there are many issues with that show, and it's not my place to talk about it. But I do think that for what Kamal wanted to do, um, his vision for it, where it was he wanted to talk about real issues, specific issues that were important to him. It would have been worked better as a weekly show. I think having a daily show made it more joke based. He didn't want it to be just just funny. He wanted to talk about real shit. Okay. And so I think that uh, that hampered that for him. You know. Yeah, because there's a thing of filler because if something doesn't happen that day. Yeah. I, I get it. I mean, the crazy thing was what it was like. It was it was literally ahead of its time. Like a year later, 
there was stuff got so I mean stuff's always bad in this country but it was like the it way it got really worse crazy. for yeah. a while you know what I mean there was like there was either if there wasn't a mass shooting there was a police shooting if there you know and then then Trump came around I mean there was like literally if it was like I think less than a year later there was like almost a thing oh, unfortunately a horrible thing every day mm-hmm. to talk about which um I don't know how you're gonna make pull funny out of that well time and time again especially when it's sad stories but there. It, it's weird how it, uh, just a little bit later there would have been a lot more to talk about. Now, that's, but this kind of goes right back to the question, the original question, because I don't want to forget this. I love asking any type of writer this. Uh-huh. What do you feel that was a great idea? And if it's still in development or anything, please don't uh-huh. shoot yourself in the foot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you feel didn't get a good shot. It, it didn't get the fair shot it deserved to be fleshed out. Now, this could be my own ideas. Your own idea. Man, this I've necessarily got ideas. I'm the w. king of Bell. This is. I'm just. Oh, talking oh, about oh you. when I wrote for a show. No, I ain't talking. I'm, I'm talking about just everything that you. Something that you don't feel this. You feel good about disclosing that. I mean, I can't. You didn't get I can't. A fair they're shot. all. They're all out there, and they all could be things. You know. Here, here's something. I'll put this out there. That. Um, uh, Moshe Kasher, Brent Weinbach, and I all wrote a feature-length screenplay together called Sixth Grade Cop," which was a uh, which was uh, uh, it tells walking behind us. It's weird to see him. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, 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 we wrote a, we wrote a feature script called Sixth Grade Cop," which was really funny. It was the first, I think. Sc- screenplay that that i finished at least i think actually it's the only one i've finished by now i've written other like uh half hour things but um that one was like really great and that that's done and it's it's never went anywhere it was really funny it was like about brent going undercover as a sixth grader i thought it was would be would have been great i mean all the ones that i finished you know and there's and there's there's a few that i finished that are out there that that people could could read or see and there's one um what was another one uh, me, Alex Cole, and I, another Bay Area comedian who I also started with, mm-hmm. should have dropped his name earlier. We uh, we we had a web series with Sean Keen and uh, Chris Garcia called Elevator to Space. We were just stuck in this elevator going to space, and it was a really short web series. But I also think that could have been a. Um, there's no reason why that shouldn't uh, have. We, we we wrote a we wrote a full half hour uh, show for that, and that was great. I thought that was really funny. Didn't go anywhere. I mean, there's like there's a million. So there's like things that I actually wrote to like things that I just have ideas for that I never finished. I mean, there's so many. I'm I'm kind of an idea guy. I have like mm-hmm. uh, there's no lack of ideas. I'm just a little in the uh, have a lack of funding for those ideas. I'm the same way. Like <laughs> there's been so many dumb ideas said on on these mics. Uh-huh. Like uh, one of my co-hosts, BK. Uh-huh. Like we. Put, this this is almost ten years ago. This guy shot to hell uh-huh. like so many times, and I'm pretty sure someone's going to make a better version of it. And we're going to uh-huh. disappoint. Yeah, it was us. No, it wasn't. <laughs> uh, we used him, BK, and the replaceables. Okay. The whole the thing is like if you let him talk, he thinks he's the greatest singer. Like it's just a heightened version of himself. He thinks he's the greatest singer, like old washed up lounge act singer, right? Okay. But he has this rotating band. Uh huh. That they're called the replaceables for a reason. So oh, cool. backup artists are always someone right on the cusp of blowing up. <laughs> and every week there's a new person. Like for some reason, Bruno Mars uh-huh. is like you're the replaceable. Oh, what is he doing? And he's like you're making him do all this like crazy stuff. Oh, that's funny. And then something happens where he's either late or something like this, and the backup has to come in and say like, "Oh, we love him," and then like scoot him out of the way. And then, <laughs> like that is all, and that's the running theme of the show. It's like that's funny. The I replaceables like is always is a new person every week. That's cool. I like that. That's funny. That will get we we tried it. That turned into a an idea and then it was just like no 
mm, no. <laughs> and then now it's just a cool topic that we every so often bring up on this podcast. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, he'd be a great replaceable. <laughs> like, and we only get him for that week. <laughs> That's funny. So yeah, I totally know what it is to write something. Yeah, and then it's just like. You know, whoever the powers that be, no, that sucks. Yeah. And then it takes someone else to say, no, that's a great idea. And yeah. And the person who told you it sucks is like, yeah, I love it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all that happens, and it's it just, it's just, um, what's really rough is that it just takes so much time to get these things done that maybe don't go anywhere. It takes a lot of effort to come up with, and especially when you're writing a script for something that you can't produce yourself, it feels like a lot of effort to, because I'm all about creating a body of work. Right. I want to see show that I have these things finished, these things that I created, these things that I made. And when you have a script that doesn't get produced, to me it's a half it's half finished. It's not really done because you can't see what it what it what it would have been. The okay. script is not is not a it's not a finished thing. It's something Right. You want to see is the trick is you're trying to sell someone the vision you have in your mind. Yeah. And they're diluting it with what's ever in theirs. Well, it's not just that. I'm just saying I'm just saying like it's um if it was a short story and I finish it, then it would be done, and I could publish it. Now someone could read the short story. Okay. No one reads half-hour pilots. Like you know what I mean? It's yeah. not. It's not. It's not a. It's not a piece of work until it's like actually shot. So, so it just feels like a lot of work for something that it doesn't like contribute to my to my body of work. And it's a, it's it's tough. But I'm just I just you know I just keep going. Now here's what you shit. could do. What you could take the trick that we did. What this is cheap. You could learn this from um, kid in Detroit. Okay, what? It's called cheap. It, the the term we came up for it is ghetto copywriter. Uh huh. Here's what you do. That you short mail it to yourself or what? Mail it to yourself. Yeah, yeah. Take I'm that not, short story, mail it to yourself. I'm not worried about someone taking it. I'm worried about people seeing it and people having access to it. Like it's not like uh, no one wants to like. I would. I could. I could. If let's say if instead of like writing s- pilot. Sc- pilot scripts I wrote short stories like I was saying I could put right. those together publish a book it'd be on Amazon I could sell it after a show no one's trying to read my half hour pilot script it's just not it's just not a format that's like it's not done until you shoot it do you see what I'm saying it's, so it's like it's half done in my opinion but wouldn't you do the short story and then based on the momentum of the short story now this is just spitballing here mm-hmm. based on the momentum of the short story um, because I'm seeing a lot of this in just TV or whatever. Adapt it from the blah blah blah. Sure, sure. You can take one thing and make it a million other things. You mm-hmm. know, I see that all the time. Mike Birbiglia did. Mike Birbiglia did his like sleepwalking, sleepwalking story thing, in like yeah. eight different mediums. You know, I'm waiting for the fucking musical. Um, but uh, uh, hey, why you you joking? <laughs> that could totally happen. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> he really knows how to squeeze the most out of out of uh, out of out of those stories. And he's great, by the way. But um. But yeah, so all that's definitely possible. I'm just saying, like, something about the pilot. I guess it's maybe I'm talking strictly about a pilot episode of a mm-hmm. show. It just doesn't feel done to me. Well, give it time. All right, let it breathe. Okay. Now I know I've eaten up. We're we're over the time we already said. That's but all right. This was fun. It, this is fun. I got one last question. Sure. I always love to act because we have a fair amount of comics that listen to cool. me for whatever reason. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Um, <laughs> What is the best piece of advice that you've gotten throughout your career that you still use today? I mean, there's just like the basics. I did my very first open mic. There's this dude in San Francisco called uh, Tony Sparks, and he used to run all these different open mics. And I went to, it was maybe like my first or maybe definitely my first few open mics. I just saw him. I did the open mic afterwards. Like, so what do I need to do? And he broke down just the basic shit that I still do, which is like, you know, record every set, 
always have something with you to write down any idea, you know what I mean, listen to the sets when you do record them and all that kind of stuff, and, and, and like, so that was always just basic advice, I mean, I just say like, like, um, just now it's just like, I'm just learning to like, just really being able to be chill with writing out the highs and lows, man, because there's a lot of highs and a, ho- a lot of lows, like this, it's really like, it's so up and down being a comedian business-wise. I'd say every, everything is like, it's just like, it's like uh, during your stand-up set, a joke hits, a joke, I mean, hopefully they're all hitting, but you know what I mean? Like, minute to minute, you're either winning or losing, and it's about not taking that personally and having faith and just knowing that, like, it's okay when it seems like it's not working and it's and it's okay when it's working and, like, don't, don't just ride those things emotionally. Like, mm-hmm. try and be cool in both periods of time when it's good and when it's bad. And don't let the ups and downs bring you down. Okay. Yeah. Like, a, just look at the, like you said earlier, look at the entire body of work. and then yeah. From there. yeah, I hope that makes sense and isn't too vague. No, no, but, yeah. th- that makes complete sense. Because yeah. if you focus on that one thing that went bad, yeah. you're going to tank. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Neil Brennan posted a thing about something about, like, habits of... Uh, of self-defeating or negative people and it's a lot of stuff that I did and it, it's a lot of that it's like you forget about you you forget about all the good stuff when you, when you, one bad thing happens and that mm-hmm. becomes like the whole story and it's really like it's a balance it's both things it's like a comfortable delusion Wait, yeah yeah yes it is yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well you kind of gotta always be upbeat to because bad things are gonna happen because that's just the nature of you know it's, things it's, it's not a, it's not a delusion it's accepting it and just being chill about it it's like it is what it is and it'll be better or it'll be worse but either way it's gonna go up and down the ups just like ride out those ups and downs and, and don't let the lows bring it too low okay yeah. well um now Louie, thank you so much for no. just giving us a little bit. This was fun. No problem. Yeah, thanks for having um, me. I didn't nerd out too bad. No, it's cool, man. I had a good time. Man, thank you so much. No problem, man. Thanks for having me. And hey, everyone, uh, subscribe to my podcast. It's the Roadheads Podcast with Matt Fulcheron, The Full Charge. Come see me in Detroit on the 21st. And uh, and also, then I'll be in Indianapolis. If any listeners are there, I'm there at Helium mm-hmm. after that. And uh, check out my schedule for all my upcoming shows. Thanks thanks for having me. Oh, oh, you, you man, more than welcome. And you can come back anytime, and I'll make sure I post all of this on our social media so people can check it out that way. All right. All right. And with the magic of the podcast, we are back. That was my man, Louis Katz. You got to check him out. All things social media. He's on Louis Katz Comedy on Twitter, Louis Katz on IG and Facebook, or go to louiskatz.com. I have made sure I put this in all of our social media, so please check them out. If you are in the metro Detroit area, please check them out. It's called See Him Live, See Him in Person, Shake His Hand. He's there. Is the main event with Louis Katz. It's November 21st at the Planet Ant Theater. Let's pack this place out, man. Let's hear my man Louis Katz um, and hear some of his comedy and why I think, like, I, I, I really like his style. Um, we actually talked a little bit after our conversation that we recorded for the podcast. And normally I put clips up. I put um, something where you get a little taste of them. And we both came to the agreement that we found it fitting that you listen to his um to his story from um this is not happening mainly because this is a great way to see him live but this is a great way um great little introduction into his podcast it's called roadheads with matt froltron 
and that's a good way to see it. So after I finish talking, we're just going to play that and close out the podcast. But speaking of the podcast, everything about this podcast can be found at samshownation.com. Yes, samshownation.com is your home for everything related to the Just Talking with Sam podcast. Um, as always, you can catch me on social media on Twitter. I am samshow11. Uh, Facebook and Instagram is just talking with Sam, no G and talking, just talking with Sam, just talking with Sam, no G and talking at gmail.com. This was a great conversation. I want to thank Louis Katz for stopping by and chopping it up with us. And with no further ado, go to samshownation.com for everything related to the Just Talk with Sam podcast. With no further ado, this is his story from um, This Is Not Happening. And please check out his podcast. It's called Roll Heads with Matt Foltron. All right, guys. I will see you next week. I've always been a very uh, romantic guy. And then at some point, something took a turn in me and I became very cynical. Uh, it's hard to pinpoint exactly when that happened. But if I would take a wild guess, I'd say it could be uh, July 2nd, 2006 at 8.53 <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> Uh, that was when my six-year relationship that was supposed to end in marriage instead ended when I found out for the last two of those six years she was fucking another dude. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird figuring out that someone you're with is cheating on you. It's kind of like solving a murder mystery. <laughs> except you're the victim. <laughs> I should have seen it coming. All the signs were there. You know, she was distant. She wasn't returning my phone calls as quickly as she used to. Her pussy tasted like dick. <laughs> My friends would try to cheer me up. They'd be like, oh, uh, uh, don't worry. Uh, at least you get some good material out of it. <laughs> All I got was that pussy tastes like dick joke. <laughs> Not worth it. <laughs> I, was, I was super depressed. I couldn't stop thinking about it. I even invented my own sex move as a way to try and get back at her, kind of like the donkey punch or the uh, dirty Sanchez. Uh, I invented my own move. I called it the vengeful Louie. Here's how it works. You find out a girl's cheating on you, but you act like everything's cool, right? Then you go in for the makeup sex, right? And then right before you're about to come, you pull out. Then you start crying. She leaves, and you never trust anyone ever again. <laughs> Revenge for Louis. Uh, being cheated on really it fucked me up, man. I, I was completely broken, and I thought the only way I'd ever get better would be if I fell in love again, and I didn't think that was possible. And uh, I was in that mindset still a year later, doing a gig in Portland, Oregon. And after the show, uh, I'm, uh, I'm looking for a place to eat. I finally find one place that's open, but sitting out front, blocking the door, are two gutter punks. Yeah. Right? All right, one person knows. <laughs> gutter punks, of course, they're like, you know, they're like the, the young rock and roll homeless. Yeah. <laughs> right? Always got all the patches on their clothes and the tats and the piercings looking like a band that went camping and then got super lost. <laughs> He's got a dog that's somehow cleaner than all of them. <laughs> and as I get uh, close to the door, I'm about to walk in. Instead of asking me for change, uh, they get up, follow me into the restaurant. Uh, turns out they weren't homeless. They were the waitstaff. <laughs> yeah, it can be hard to tell in Portland where everyone's dressed like they're in some stage of camping. <laughs> So 
So I go inside and I notice the one that's uh, helping me out, she's actually kind of cute. I'm thinking, oh, I gotta say something cool to impress this fine ass gutter server. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, you know, I'm, uh, I'm just traveling through town. You know, I'm a stand up comedian. I tour all over the place. And she's like, oh, that's, that's really cool. I love to travel too. Uh, I actually used to hop on trains. So like, that's so funny. Because when I first saw you, I thought you were homeless. <laughs> Classic pickup line. And believe it or not, it worked. I got her number. And I started talking on the phone regularly with the most uniquely beautiful woman I've ever met in my life. You never seen anyone like her. I mean, she was nearly six feet tall, part black, part white, part Native American, part Hawaiian. So you see her, you're like, oh, she must be the first of a new master race of Amazonian superwomen. More like the world's largest Filipina. <laughs> Plus, she had all that gutter punk style, you know, with the tats and the piercings, and she had purple hair and was shaved on the side. I was like, oh, this is perfect, you know? I could totally picture her defending my honor as we roam through a post apocalyptic wasteland. <laughs> It was amazing. It was as if the universe was making up for me being cheated on by bringing me my dream girl. You know, God closed the door, and then he opens a window, and my window happened to be a giant, ethnically ambiguous punk rock chick with big titties. <laughs> Looking like if The Rock was a suicide girl. <laughs> talking on the phone it's that early stage of the relationship we're just getting to know each other and it's like every new thing I'm learning about her she's making me more and more into her you know I found out she uh, she, she, uh, she used to do heroin so you know, that's, that's interesting and uh, she was uh, starting to strip like cool we both work in nightclubs yeah. uh, she stabbed a skinhead I'm fucking living the dream she had a baby she's totally down to fuck awesome but uh, between the baby and the possible manslaughter charge I'm thinking I should not see her anymore <laughs> so I fly up to Portland to see her some more <laughs> we meet up she shows up she's already pretty drunk proceeds to get drunker we end up sleeping together but we don't have sex because like I said she's very drunk and also remember like she's, she's almost six feet tall it's, it's very awkward trying to have sex with someone that much bigger than you, you know, it's, it's less of a doggy style more of a, a jockey style you know, <laughs> So we wake up in the morning, she's like, hey, could, you, could you get me a beer? I'm like, okay. I get her a beer, and she chugs a beer. She's like, could you get me another beer? I'm like, all right. Get another beer, she chugs the beer. Apparently she was playing some kind of uh, one-woman drinking game <laughs> called alcoholism. But after chugging only two beers, she was pretty sober, relatively for her. And we're having a great time. You know, we're just uh, fooling around, making each other laugh. She was super funny. She always called me either one of two things. She either called me uh, uh, toots, like some kind of Waffle House waitress named Trixie. Or woman. It's a funny thing to call a dude. And we're sitting there messing around in bed, and I'm just kissing her all over. And I, I keep kissing her. I'm not even thinking that I'm doing it, but I keep kissing her like here and here. And at one point, she kind of nonchalantly just stops me. She goes, hey, why, why are you doing that? And I didn't even realize it until she said it, but I was kissing her on the scar she had from where she tried to kill herself. <laughs> Yeah. 
I was super embarrassed at the time, you know. It's, I, I just revealed so much about both of us. We were naked, but all of a sudden it got way more intimate than either of us wanted it to be. You know? I mean, there's so many weird things I could have been doing in bed with her that would have been so much easier to explain why I was doing. If I was just perched on the edge of the bed, just flicking my nutsack, staring at her. She'd be like, why are you doing that? Well, uh, let, me, let me take you to the Scrotum Flicker subreddit. There's a whole bunch of us. We're a community. But I didn't know how to explain why I was kissing her suicide scars like some kind of living Morrissey lyric. I guess I could have tried to explain myself. Like, I don't know, uh, uh, you got daddy issues, I'm kissing your boo-boos. Uh, I've got a savior complex, you got wounds on your wrists. I mean, isn't it obvious? This is my way of asking you, will you go codependent with me? <laughs> she leaves, and I have this horrible feeling in my stomach. And I realize I have fallen in love again. And I knew it was going to end badly, but to me, that was the best part. You know, shit wasn't going to go down like it did with the last girl. You know, my ex had stabbed me in the back. This girl would never do that. She stabbed me right in the face. <laughs> and yeah, I knew it was going to hurt, but after being cheated on, that's what I thought love was like. It hurt. You know, it wasn't all bells ringing and, and, and birds chirping. No, that was a fantasy. That, that kind of love was one of those things that only happens in the movies. You know, like, like wacky food fights. And double penetration. <laughs> no, this, this is how real love felt. You know what I mean? It was scary, it was painful, and it was going to tear me up from the inside. Like double penetration. <laughs> so we, uh... We, uh, we keep having this long-distance relationship, seeing each other on and off again over the course of the year. I would always love talking to her, because if ever I had a bad day, she would always cheer me up. Like, I remember this one day I was having a, um, I was really struggling with this new uh, queef joke I was working on. <laughs> so I call her up, I'm like, I really got to talk to you. She's like, I really got to talk to you, too. Uh, I got evicted from my apartment, they fired me from my job, and they took away my baby. Yeah, I, I can't even begin to imagine bringing up the queef joke now. <laughs> That's a lot of problems for one person to deal with, but I'm like, it's not a problem for me. I can solve this. I can save you. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to buy you a ticket from Portland down to L.A. Uh, you can come stay with me while we put you in a rehab. And I did it right there and then. Bought the ticket. She flew down the next day. Huge mistake. Because <laughs> it wasn't true. Uh, she couldn't live with me uh, because I live with my parents. <laughs> yeah, kind of an unspoken rule at my folks' place. Don't bring home any alcoholic stripper hobos <laughs> if they're not Jewish. <laughs> so now we're holed up in a seedy motel less than a mile from my parents' nice house. I'm constantly paranoid my mom's gonna drive by and see us. I'm sneaking her food from their kitchen, E.T. style. <laughs> or Stranger Things style if you're closer to her age. <laughs> And, and finally, after about a week, I find a rehab that has room for her. We put her in, and she starts following the program and getting better. I just, oh, it just felt so great. You know, it's like, wow, you know, it's, it's like a good deed that I could fuck. <laughs> and time passes. I'm not really hearing from her. It sounds like she's following the program and sobering up. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, this is amazing. This, we're not together, but this is the, the happy ending I was looking for. 
Uh, then I get a call from her. Uh, she ran away from the rehab with a street poet named Trash Can. <laughs> now she's living on the streets, and she's back on heroin. Yeah, that's, that's the thing with this girl. You know addicts have to hit rock bottom before they can quit something? She would hit a rock bottom and then drill through that rock bottom <laughs> to find a new, deeper, shittier rock bottom. Like some kind of life fracker. Now I'm getting random calls from her while she's homeless. I'm, at one point, Trash Can calls me. Very charming guy. I get it. <laughs> I get one last call from her. She calls me up. She says, uh, Trash Can is dead. I don't know what to do. You got to help me. Like, oh shit, how'd he die? Uh, she said, he said he would kill himself if I left him. And I did. And he did. <laughs> Goddamn, Trash Can is a man of his word. <laughs> I mean, that's a real romantic right there. How am I supposed to compete with that? There's enough chocolate-covered pineapple in the world for that edible arrangement. Look, look, I don't know what you want from me. I already flew you down from Portland uh, to Los Angeles. I struggled and fought to get you to rehab. I put you in the rehab, and still you managed to fuck it all up. So why don't you stop calling me, lose my number, and I hang up on her. So I'm driving to pick her up. <laughs> So I'm a driver to the Greyhound station over in Hollywood, uh, get her a ticket back to Portland. She can go be a homeless junkie where she knows the bus schedule. <laughs> and we get to the station, uh, but instead of walking in to buy the ticket with me, she decides she's gonna lie down on the ground in the middle of the parking lot, start screaming, crying, and throwing a fit. Luckily, it is a Greyhound parking lot, so that kind of thing happens like every hour on the hour. <laughs> I'm standing there trying to reason with this clearly unreasonable person, and as I'm talking to her, three older, well-dressed white ladies start coming at me and looking like Nick and Night moms coming from a bake sale. <laughs> I was scared of my mom catching me. Now I've got three moms, and they're, they're coming at us fast, and, and they're asking questions in a typical mom fashion. You know what I mean? Like, like, like concern, but also a dash of disapproval on top there. <laughs> First, I get kind of defensive. Like, look, can a man attempt to abandon a young girl in a ground parking lot without being judged? <laughs> But it seemed like they actually wanted to help, you know, the, the checking her vitals and, uh, and, and making sure she stays conscious and stuff like that. So I'm thinking, like, oh, maybe maybe they're nurses. And, uh, and one of them pulls me aside and goes, like, this, you know, this is really serious. We've got to get her out of her quick because if we don't, the psychiatrists are going to come and they're going to pump her full of drugs. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was just worried about getting her on the bus. I didn't know we had to look out for psychiatrist street gangs. <laughs> <laughs> Whose turf is this, the Freudian Crips? <laughs> Or the Young Youngians. <laughs> Finally, I put it together in my head. Uh, irrational fear of psychiatry. We're in Hollywood. They're not nurses. They're Scientologists. <laughs> they, they, they didn't come from bake sale. They came from praying to Xenu, the galactic overlord. <laughs> All praises due upon him. No disrespect. <laughs> Still trying to make him show business. <laughs> now I think, like, I don't know, uh, maybe Scientology would be a good option for her. You know, if she ever quits heroin, she'll need an equally time consuming hobby. <laughs> maybe Tom Cruise will come through and save the day. That's right. The originator of jockey style. <laughs> Uh, 
And then at one point, even these nice ladies are like, we don't know what else we can do for her. They're like, we're going to call 911. I'm like, wait, don't do that. I get down on my knees, start whispering right in her ear, like saying, look, toots, stop fucking around. They're going to call the police. I don't want you to go to jail. Please get up right now. And as I'm talking to her, her head gets heavy in my hand. I can't find a pulse. And she doesn't seem to be breathing. So they call 911. An ambulance comes screaming into the parking lot. Somehow, they manage to revive her. As soon as she comes to, she starts kicking and screaming, freaking out even worse than before. It takes two large EMT guys to restrain her, and they strap her down to the gurney, and they're pushing her into the ambulance, and there's tears of mascara pouring down her face. And before they close the doors, I'm like, look, Toots, please, just listen to the doctors. Do what they say. You'll get better. And she goes, I'm never getting better. And it just kind of knocks the wind out of me, because I realize, you know, like, maybe she's right. You know, maybe she's never getting better, because maybe... Nobody ever really gets better. You know, I, I thought if I fixed her, it would, it fi it would fix me, but I, I, I couldn't do it. I wish I could, but I, I wish I knew how. I wish there was some kind of instruction manual for fixing people. And the ambulance drives off, and one of the ladies comes up to me with a kind look in her eyes, and she says, Have you ever read Dianetics? <laughs> That was the moment I stopped being a romantic. <laughs> Thank you guys very much. Good night.